everyone. Thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. On today's episode, I'm joined by Afsana Akhtar, the CEO at Amelia Virtual Care. How are you today? I'm great, Jared. It's great to speak with you again. Yeah, you and I met at the American Telemedicine Association conference uh, in Boston, which was a lot of fun. You had a you had a cool booth there. Prime location for anyone that that missed uh, that that missed uh, your, your booth for some reason. Really good location. Um, you were super engaging uh, every time I walked by, which I walked by quite a bit. Uh, and it was great to be able to connect with you. And this is a rare situation where we've had a couple of these where I've actually met the guests before they've been on the show, which is pretty cool for, for me. Uh, really excited to, to kick things off. If, uh, if it's okay with you, I'd love to hear more about your background. I know the audience would, and then we'll go into more about Amelia Virtual Care. Absolutely. Happy to share a bit about my background. So I am originally from Bangladesh. I grew up between the U.S. and Bangladesh. Uh, you know, childhood grew up around a lot of medical pro professionals and in a country with a lot of need. Uh, I came to the U.S. Uh, to study engineering. I studied engineering at MIT and then worked in tech for six years. And then in about 16 years ago, I serendipitously moved over to healthcare and digital health and have been there ever since. Uh, such an exciting space, so much transformation happening. And uh, I had the opportunity to work at a rocket ship company called Livongo, where we um, where we had a digital health solution in diabetes, and I had the opportunity to put that in the hands of millions of people through payers and employers, um, and have worked in the musculoskeletal space, in predictive analytics. So I've really done my rounds in digital health, and I'm, and I'm just so excited to be in this space because there's a tremendous opportunity to make an impact and a lot of opportunity to leverage technology and new ways of delivering care to not only improve access, but to improve the quality of care and to improve the affordability of care. And we need all three of those things in this country and globally. Absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, so many, so many great, uh, great, uh, like entrepreneurs, leaders, like have come out of Lavongo. It seems it's, it's wild. Like uh, we were looking at homeward, uh, we were looking at uh, Brightline. All the all these companies have. Uh, wow, this is this is pretty cool. To 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 um, basically, we, we call it the Lavango Mafia, in, in a nice way, right? <laughs> people that leave that people that have left the Lavango have gone on to do some great great things. Um, so it, it it definitely shows that there there must be some some good training, some good uh, learnings that happen at that organization that when people go out and branch off on their own or take on these new roles. Uh, it's really interesting to hear you're, you're part of that, that, that mafia uh, as well. The only time mafia is in a good, a good, uh, you know, terminology. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was a great team, great product. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed every minute I was there. Can you, can you talk us through the, the why, how, what of Amelia care? We always ask that whenever a guest comes on the show. Absolutely. So why Amelia Virtual Care and what we offer, uh, we're really helping mental health professionals leverage the power of virtual reality to deliver better care. Uh, we pioneered the space of using virtual reality for mental health in, in a way that makes it easy for both the therapist as well as the patient. Now, it's worth mentioning VR is not new 
to mental health. There's 30 years of research and scientific studies that have been done proving the value of VR and mental health. And that value is first and foremost that there are certain types of therapies. There's a type of therapy called exposure therapy that's very relevant for treating phobias, anxiety, uh, and other therapies. And, and the way it works is being able to gradually expose a person. So if you had a fear of heights or flying or driving, the way exposure, exposure therapy works is that we would gradually expose you to that thing, to the fear, and help you maybe overcome it, but at least learn to manage it more effectively um, so that it's not debilitating. It's not preventing you um, from leading a high quality life. And the key to that, though, is, is simulating those environments in a safe way, in a controlled way, uh, so the therapist and the patient both have control. And so what VR allows the therapist and the patient to do is that very effective, almost near real life, but not too realistic simulation. So VR really enables exposure therapy, uh, and it's, it, it can be applicable far beyond phobias, different types of anxiety, even addiction. So what we are enabling at Amelia Virtual Care, we've built a platform uh, that's across multiple devices. We work with VR headsets. We work with a mobile app with some of these hybrid headsets that are very affordable. Any therapist can access our platform from wherever they are and use it with their patients, wherever the patient may be, whether they're together in the same office or it's a remote session. And so really being able to use virtual reality as a tool to enhance the patient experience, to enable these therapies, and there's proof that it, it improves outcomes as well. It increases adherence and it uh, will, will lead to a faster reduction in stress or, or a faster improvement in some of these phobias and, and situations. So VR has a lot of impact, uh, both in terms of improving care, uh, as well as improving the patient experience. And that's really important, especially because mental health has always been there, but COVID has been the big reveal, which is really uncovering this unmet need and this really critical need to, to address mental health. It really brought mental health to the forefront. And um, that's really the why, being able to leverage a technology such as virtual reality, which is known to be effective in mental health, to be able to improve that care and to make to make care delivery easier and more effective uh, for the therapist. So that's the why, and it's a little bit of the how as well. So what's key to how is not only making it effective, but making it easier uh, and just more uh, more digestible for both the the, the therapist as well as the patient. And VR has really evolved in the past few years. And, and the adoption of VR has really accelerated, I would say even in the past year, because really large companies such as Meta, formerly Facebook, Microsoft, have really invested a lot in creating awareness around virtual reality and the metaverse and augmented reality and in improving the availability and access uh, to this technology. So uh, we're, we're able to provide that platform to any therapist who can use it with any patient anywhere in a very uh, easy to use manner. 
So that's the how. And then the what. Again, the, the what is what does the patient get out of it? Um, they will use either the VR headset or their mobile app or this hybrid, which is the, their, their mobile phone inside a universal headset. And they can the, use it with their therapist. Um, they can also use it uh, as homework. The therapist can assign some of these sessions as homework, allowing the patient to use these programs um, in between sessions or in the convenience or whenever they're feeling somewhat agitated. Um, so, so that's the what. It's a better experience for the patient. It allows the therapist to do their job better. And we work with therapists, large behavioral health groups. And our vision as a company, I'm getting a little bit into the future, is VR has proven its effectiveness in mental health, but we believe it can go beyond. So our mission and vision as a company is to make VR a core technology for all of healthcare. Today, we're really focused on mental health, but we see huge opportunity to extend that into other conditions, diabetes, cancer, renal care, because the reality is mental health and behavioral health is, is so intertwined with so many other chronic conditions that there's an opportunity for VR to have an impact in these other conditions as well. Love it. Yeah, it's, uh, well, see, there's, there's, there's two, there's two main buckets I put VR into. It's what you're, you're doing in healthcare and how it can positively impact patients. And then there's all this, some of these, some of these, so like we need to focus in on the good applications, like what you're doing and some of the other applications, right? Like I know video games have their place and that's definitely where like VR kind of, you know, got its, uh, its head start in, but, um, you know, we need to continue to recognize companies like yours that are using it for, uh, what it should be used for and not, um, not just video games. <laughs> um, you're, you're using it for a practical use case that actually will, will benefit many lives along the way. So kudos to you and, and for what you and your team are building. Um, you, you mentioned this, it, which, which is something I expected when you were explaining it, but we were talking about your, when you were talking about your why and how, one of the things I wanted to touch upon after that was just on broad base, not just including Amelia care, right? Uh, VR's place in teletherapy, which you, you already answered parts of that, uh, you know, where you think it belongs in teletherapy. Um, on the whole, not just not, not just uh, in regards to Amelia Care, but just with the technology itself, wh why do you think it matters in teletherapy, virtual reality? Yeah, so specifically to teletherapy, and just to take a step back, I mean, teletherapy also has been around uh, for a decade plus. But just the adoption surge that we saw during COVID, um, and even in the mental health space, I mean, if you ask therapists three years ago, you know, what percentage of them used teratherapy or just Zoom, we all went through this huge technology adop adoption step function, I call it. Um, and, and there's huge benefit to tel teletherapy. However, a lot of people will say that they miss they miss that more immersive, you know, being in the office, being <clears throat> in closer contact, uh, you know, with their therapist and others. So what VR offers is this more immersive environment. Um, it, it just fundamentally changes the experience. And 
I see this too, you know, when we have booths at ATA and people, we invite people, just come try it out. If you haven't used VR or haven't used it in healthcare, just come try it out. It's one of those things that unless somebody tries it out, it's really hard to explain the experience of virtual reality. It's like hard to explain what a 3D movie is like. Um, and just seeing people's reactions, that aha moment when they try it for the first time. And I think people really enjoy it. Uh, I think it allows, for some people, it's an escape. For some people, it's a distraction if they're in a lot of pain or if they're in a lot of distress. VR can be a very effective way to just take their mind off of things. In other ways, it's realistic enough that it's very effective in allowing people to envision and, and imagine being in those scenarios so that they can practice emotional regulation, practice abstinence, practice those coping skills. Uh, so it, it's just an experience that is new and exciting to people. There's, there is always some benefit. You know, I remind people, you mentioned sometimes VR is used mainly for gaming and things that can be addictive and have a negative effect on one's brain and, and, and physical existence as well. But if we, if we look back many decades, like how was the internet born, right? It wasn't through education. It was, it was entertainment. It was other things. But it's what allowed the development of a technology. And then the responsibility is on us as society to say, okay, how do we really promote the positive use of these technologies? And it's the same. We have all these apps on our phone and we use our phone way too much nowadays, our, our smartphone. How do we use it for good? But what helps is that whatever it is, you know, the te technology adoption grows, whether it's gaming or something else. And now... We have to meet people where they are. They're using devices. People expect that Netflix experience, that Amazon experience uh, from healthcare as well. And, and it's upon us to kind of to deliver that. So the benefit of VR and teletherapy is that more immersive experience, even when the person is distant from their therapist or their, their community. Um, and, and the convenience, uh, the convenience, maintaining that convenience of teletherapy while offering a good experience, more effective care and more affordable care. Absolutely. Well, as we get ready to wrap up here, uh, Afsana, can you tell us something you're excited about? What's next for the company? Absolutely. I think so many things, but um, what I'll share again is that one, we, we have had the privilege and, and, and the good opportunity to work with so many amazing therapists in the space, people who really believe in the value of VR and have helped us really move this space forward in mental health. And what excites me is that we're starting to work with larger and larger entities and that's able to have more of an impact um, working with, with veterans, um, working with youth, um, working with people who are in other disease states as well. Uh, they may have a fear of, of taking a blood test or a fear of having a medical procedure and that's preventing them from getting the medical procedure they really need. So just having these other opportunities outside of strictly mental health is very exciting uh, to us and us as a company. The other is pushing more into the how we can help people use this on their own uh, today, it's very much guided by the therapist. 
but we're building the product and we're working through all the regulatory aspects to really enable people to use this on their own time whenever they need it in an asynchronous manner. So that also opens it up broadly. And then I think what really excites us too is how can this technology be used to serve more people who need mental health services? We know that there's a scarcity of clinicians, a scarcity of resources for mental health. And when we can deploy VR in a way so that people can use it without always having to have a clinician there as well, that immediately multiplies the availability and the access uh, to mental health. So those are the things that really excite us, you know, being able to leverage the benefits of VR beyond mental health, working with larger and larger entities to serve more people, and then offering the solution in a mode that just makes mental health available to more people who need it. Well, I'm excited to stay in touch with you and be able to follow Milia Virtual Care's progress uh, and hopefully see you at more of these conferences because it was always uh, fun chatting with you. Um, I, I know ATA put on a good event next year. It's in San Antonio. And then I know there's a couple other events on the horizon, although you've been going to a ton of events uh, lately. So you're, you've had a, a quite the, the busy conference schedule. Uh, always a pleasure chatting with you. I wish you nothing but the best. And thank you so much for, for joining us on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. Thank you as well. Thanks for having me. Yes, it's so nice to be out there meeting people in person again. And I look forward to running into you again soon at a conference nearby. 